Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to my podcast. I do want to start out by saying that I am an avid listener of podcasts, but I've never recorded one myself, and I'll do my best to keep you engaged through providing what I hope to be a clear narrative of my chosen topic. My topic is about English language teaching programs, which for short I will refer to as ELT programs. I'd like to propose that so many ELT programs exist today as a result of globalization and the establishment of English as a global language. I will also discuss the relationship between language and culture and identity and use ELT programs as an example of how these three concepts can interact with one another. I will specifically draw from my own experience participating in an ELT program and share my reflection on how I could have approached that experience differently through the lens of globalization and through understanding the cultural meaning that the English language carries through the establishment of similar ELT programs. I want to kick off the episode by giving you a bit more insight to who I am and why I'm interested in talking about this subject. My name is Casey Devine. I am currently located in Philadelphia, PA, where I work at Drexel University's Office of Global Engagement. I am also currently pursuing my master's degree part-time in global and international education with a concentration in higher ed. I hope to use this degree to continue my career working in the higher ed field. I graduated from college in 2017, where I received my BA in Global Studies with an additional major in French and Francophone Studies. My interest in the topic of this podcast goes back to my own study abroad experience while I was in undergrad. I spent the summer before my junior year taking classes at an international university in the south of France. I chose to study abroad in a smaller city hoping that I would be forced to practice French and not rely on locals being um, super fluent in English. I was therefore pretty surprised when I learned that many of my peers in the program hadn't even taken a single French course prior to arriving. I found that I could practice my French to an extent among locals, but it was apparent that being a native English speaker had many advantages and privileges while I was traveling around Europe on weekend trips. This led me to question and consider what implications could come along with being an English speaker or a native English speaker overseas, and what could account for this apparent widespread use of the English language. So I'd like to ask you to consider if you've had similar experiences as a native English speaker while traveling overseas. For me, it was certainly a privilege that I had taken for granted and I'm interested in further exploring through this episode. So now that you know a bit about me and my background, I want to go over the research questions that I've used to approach this topic. I want to start out fairly broad and then I'll narrow down the subject matter as followed. What is the purpose of English language teaching programs? How are these programs framed in benefiting the individuals who participate in them? And how can the existence of these programs, with understanding their purpose, be understood in the context of English acting as a global language? And how does this role of English serve as an example of language interacting with culture and identity? So let's get into an overview of English language teaching programs. 
ELT programs are typically designed to invite native English speakers to teach at schools overseas. Native English speakers are of high value at these institutions. Their presence gives students and teachers plenty of opportunity to improve their speaking and listening skills through regular communication. A quick Google search indicates that many ELT programs exist today. These programs range from government-sponsored programs to private businesses and organizations that facilitate native English speakers to go abroad to teach. ELT programs have turned into its own business or market in itself. And what I found was that, that mo much of their promotional material is mostly catered to prospective teachers through listing what those teachers would gain from teaching English abroad. CIEE, for example, which is a well-known international education organization, frames their programs as a means for participants to travel and gain international experience, build language proficiency, and develop intercultural competency. Other programs worth noting are the Language House TEFL in the Czech Republic, which is an American-owned Prague-based teaching company, Maximo Nivelle, which brands itself as the go-to company for native English speakers seeking opportunities to teach English in Latin America, and Entrust PEFL in Thailand. A common theme found through my search of these programs was that they each frame their mission in some capacity to cater towards prospective applicants and really emphasize the point that teaching English abroad would offer teachers meaningful international experience. So what's interesting to me is that this promo material that I found from my Google search does not really give off the impression that these programs or the organizations that sponsor them provide an explanation for their existence in relation to the need for students overseas to actually learn English. So this is what I'd like to further explore through this podcast and question what the existence of these programs mean, um, specifically in relation to the globalization of English and how the English language could carry historical and cultural meaning throughout this process. And through situating ELT programs through these frameworks, I will then reflect on my own experience um, in an ELT program and consider how I could have approached it differently. I'd like to propose that the widespread existence of ELT programs today can be attributed to the globalization of education. Globalization is an ongoing process and can be a bit challenging to pinpoint one clean definition of it. So for the sake of this podcast, I'd like to approach globalization as the process during which the market, goods, ideas, and social interactions occur and are shared around the world. It's understood among scholars that globalization has created some semblance of a world culture that transcends borders. Now, I do understand that it would be oversimplistic to conclude that a world culture can exist totally cohesively, given that there exists much diversity and variation both between and within countries. But it is apparent that the existence of a world culture has allowed for the globalization of education and the subsequent establishment of a global curricula for schools around the world to follow. International organizations that gained significant influence after the Second World War 
including the World Bank, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the World Trade Organization, the UN, and UNESCO, to name a few, have played a key role in the implementation of this standard curricula that educational institutions around the world are advised to follow. Um, and in doing so, they would equip their students with the necessary skills to succeed both during and beyond their education. And because of this, um, many global models of education have been established and influence education policy on a national scale. Included in many of these models among countries where English is not the, um, the most spoken language is English language instruction in the classroom. And this certainly had a great effect, so much so that by the early 1990s, it was found that 72% of the world's secondary schools taught English as a modern foreign language, which indicates that the establishment of English as a global language, particularly in the education sector, can be attributed to the globalization of education systems in general, which sought to set a standard curriculum for schools to follow around the world and existed within the realm of a world culture. So I'd like to pose the question now of why English language instruction appeared to be such an integral part of this standard curricula around the world. The spread of the English language has historical roots during the age of colonialism, during which many imperialistic education policy items mandated English language instruction in colonies overseas. And throughout the 20th century, English became um, what is well known as the language of international diplomacy. Uh, for example, the Treaty of Versailles that ended World War I was written in English, and the League of Nations proceedings and official documents were all written or spoken in English. Now, the League of Nations would later become the UN or the United Nations, and their official proceedings continued to be accomplished in the English language, which I think solidified the establishment of English as the language of international diplomacy. It's also apparent that songs, movies, television shows, and other pieces of media throughout the late 20th century were produced largely in the English language around the world, which can further contribute to its widespread presence um, and is an additional indicator of globalization in that these items were exchanged um, on a global scale. Now, bearing this brief historical context in mind, it does make sense that there appears to be a need for so many ELT programs to exist to cater to the standard curricula that includes English language instruction around schools um, on a global scale. So I'd now like to relate this concept of the globalization of English to the idea that language, culture, and identity can all interact with one another. So I'd like to ask you to consider the meaning of language by erasing what sociolinguist Michael Agar calls the circle. In the circle exists vocab, grammar, and syntax structures that you may associate with the surface level conception of what constitutes a language. But moving beyond this circle can lead to understanding that language has the capacity to reflect culture and culture has the capacity to reflect language. 
take cuisine as an example. When sharing a local delicacy, you would typically call it by its name in the language of the culture that it has roots in. The name of that food therefore bears cultural significance and additional meaning. Certain expressions can be specific to cultures or cultural practices and belief systems as well, and may not translate directly across languages. One of my favorite examples of this would be in French, the term faunet, um, which is a verb with a very specific definition that refers to meandering or wandering around the streets of Paris and admiring its beauty and charm. Now, this verb does not have a direct English translation and reflects Parisian culture and therefore carries additional meaning beyond just the verb in itself. And keeping this concept in mind in that language can reflect culture and vice versa, it's also evident that language can be a key indicator or expression of one's identity. Um, since using language can be a reflection of your culture, it can also reflect your cultural heritage and therefore can be deduced that language, culture, and identity all interact with each other. So I'd now like to pose how the globalization of English, which led to the widespread existence of ELT programs, could serve as an example of the English language bearing a cultural meaning when it is taught in countries where it's not necessarily the native language. So taking the historical roots that I had previously described into account, I would assume that the presence of the English language um, in classrooms may be associated with colonial policies, which left many detrimental impacts infrastructurally, economically, and culturally. English language instruction through imperialistic policies often diminished the use of local languages, which could thereby diminish the cultural identities and expression of its constituents. And this could result in negative perceptions of the current efforts of ELT programs. The forced instruction of English in some countries in present day and adhering to their policies could further create negative associations with the English language. If students aren't permitted to choose which second language they'd like to learn, and if they struggle with learning the English language in general as a second language, this could create hostility and resentment towards the language and the cultures that English is associated with. And additionally, the English language could carry a perceived overbearing dominance of what scholars call English-speaking core countries. So this would include countries like the US or England. Um, and this could additionally lead to resistance to English language instructors who are native English speakers and usually come from the US or England. And I by no means want to infer that the US or the English language are superior to other countries or cultures or languages. I certainly understand and acknowledge that there exists great linguistic diversity, both within and between language, and that's something that should be celebrated. Um, but I do hope to have conveyed that the widespread existence of English and ELT programs is a topic worth exploring. And we'll now turn to my own personal experience in an ELT program through this lens. 
So I want to start out with just giving a brief overview of the program that I participated in. It's called TPIF, and it stands for Teaching Assistant Program in France. TPIF is facilitated by the Cultural Services Office at the U.S. French Embassy, and every year over 1,500 American assistants are placed to teach in public schools across all regions of metropolitan France and in their overseas departments, including Guiana, Guadeloupe, Martinique and Réunion. DPIF assistants are contracted to work 12 hours a week in up to three schools, and all classes are supposed to be conducted in English. I personally found that this was very difficult to do with the age group that I was placed in, given that they weren't completely fluent in English, so I usually went back and forth between French and English. Assistants are also expected to serve as a resource person in conversation groups, provide small group tutorials, and work alongside teachers to give lessons. The goal of TPIF is to, quote, strengthen English language instruction in French schools by establishing a native speaker presence, while also providing American Francophiles with excellent teaching experience and firsthand knowledge of French language and culture, end quote. TPIF further promotes itself as a stepping stone for assistance to pursue careers in education, international business, public health, international policy and development, arts and cultural administration, and other globally focused professional fields. Furthermore, TPIF iterates that its alumni are regularly recruited by top graduate schools that prepare the next generation of global professionals and recognize the value of language proficiency and intercultural competency. So in reviewing TPEEP's mission, it's clear that it reflects what the other ELT programs that I had mentioned frame their mission as as well. Um, if it promotes itself as a means for assistance to gain cross-cultural experience and serve as a means for professional and personal development. Um, it also promotes itself as a way to provide opportunity for Americans to live in France or regions throughout France um, that would speak to their desire to experience French culture firsthandedly through living and working there. Um, it's definitely worth mentioning that TPIF does emphasize the usefulness of having a native English speaker being present in classrooms and that that's sort of the entire purpose of the program um, in terms of what fr the French education system may gain from it. Um, but it doesn't necessarily elaborate on how this is part of the larger globalization process. Um, and it doesn't really make any mention of the cultural implications that the English language may carry in France. So I'm going to turn now to my own motivations for doing TPIF. Um, talk about what I gained from the experience and provide a little more insight on um, reflecting on that experience through the frameworks that I've previously discussed um, in comparison to how TPIF promotes itself. And in doing so, um, I sort of want to reframe the way that I approached my lessons um, and just give a little bit of introspective reflection on that experience. I chose to apply to TPE for a couple of reasons. One was that I wasn't entirely sure what career path I wanted to follow after graduation, and I figured that spending a year abroad would offer me some clarity. 
I also hadn't had much experience living outside of my hometown since that's also where I attended college, so I was really ready to take on the challenge of completely living on my own abroad. I also was enticed by the travel opportunities that would come from me living in Europe. Plus, I figured I could improve my French speaking and listening skills through using it in daily interactions. Reflecting on my motivations for doing TPIF definitely line up with how it and other ELT programs promote themselves. So I do want to be transparent in admitting that my main motivations for applying to TPIF really had little to do with a desire to teach. I honestly didn't take much initiative to take training or certificate courses, um, which wasn't a requirement of the program, but certainly something I could have done to better prepare. Um, so my, this lack of preparation and on top of the little comp amount of comprehensive training that the program offered um, led me to really struggle in the classroom itself as a teacher. I was placed in two middle schools in a city called Lille in the northeast of France, um, which I believe was my second choice of where I wanted to be placed. Um, I loved Lille and all that it had to offer. Um, but to be totally honest, again, I had a really hard time teaching. Um, outside of the classroom, I had a blast. But while I was going to work, I found that I, I really struggled a bit. Um, there are a number of factors that I think contributed to this. One was that, again, the program didn't require a TEFL certificate and didn't provide much comprehensive training for assistance. And I didn't have any teaching experience prior to arriving, um, so was sometimes at a complete loss when teachers expected me to plan lessons for their students. Um, I didn't know what level English those students were capable of learning, and I didn't know how to cater my lessons if I should have aligned them with the curriculum of the English course that I was assisting with or not. Um, there seemed to be a lot of communication errors on, on the part of me between me and the teachers that I worked with. Um, some had experience working with previous assistants, so provided me with clear expectations of what they needed from me, but others didn't seem to understand what my role was as an assistant and didn't give me a lot of direction for how they wanted me to help them in the classroom. Um, if the teacher asked me to work alongside them, I had a much easier time assisting with facilitating conversations with students, um, especially because the teachers could better communicate with their students if I ran into any language barriers. Um, and students generally took their teachers much more seriously than they took me. Um, some teachers, though, gave me groups of students to work with in a separate classroom with little instruction about what they'd want me to cover in my lesson. I wasn't really sure what else to do other than present about aspects for my own culture and hometown. Um, so I included a lot of presentations about American holidays, American cuisine, um, and had basic vocabulary games about these presentations. But I would often run into behavioral issues with some students, um, especially because, again, I wasn't taken that seriously by them. Um, I didn't know how to properly manage a classroom and wasn't sure what appropriate role I was expected to take when it came to disciplining students. So all in all, I didn't feel like I was making a significant impact on 
my student on improving my students English proficiency skills and I felt really guilty because I felt like I was wasting their time and felt really unprepared when going into work. Reflecting on what I gained from teaching while participating in TPEEF, I'm honestly a bit embarrassed about me not being better prepared to teach prior to arriving. There were plenty of resources I could have used, um, and I should have taken advantage of that. Um, through this podcast, I wanted to provide an analysis of the phenomena of the globalization of the English language, particularly through ELT programs. And I honestly didn't expect for my perception of my own experience as an English language teacher to shift so much. But I do now wonder if my experience in the classroom could have been different if I had understood that the program was part of this larger globalization process and that me teaching English and the fact that the English language can carry social and cultural meaning um, could have made me develop a better self-awareness when developing lessons that could have been more engaging for my students. Um, perhaps if I acknowledged the value of me being a native English speaker in the classroom, um, given that my students could listen to my accent and practice their speaking and listening skills with me, um, I could have better motivated them as well to want to learn from me and I might have been taken more seriously. I could have emphasized why I was there and why it was so important for students to learn English um, and that could have better engaged them. I also, if I had taken that approach, I would have wanted to do it in a way that did not come off as ethnocentric and saying that English was a superior language, um, but rather recognizing that it was a globalized language and that students should be motivated to take English courses, um, just as I was motivated to take French courses. Um, given the cultural components that many of my presentations had, I now understand that me being in French classrooms brought alongside aspects of American culture, um, alongside the lessons that I presented, which points to me consistently fusing language and culture together in the classroom. Um, I presented about topics that played a significant role in the formation of my own cultural identity, but I wonder if I had drew comparisons between American and French culture um, could have offered more opportunity to spark more of a dialogue between me and my students and perhaps could have made the presentations and lessons more relatable and accessible for those students. Um, perhaps also if I had been more self-aware of the larger picture in relation to me participating in an ELT program through the lenses that I've presented of globalization, world culture, and language culture, I also could have better communicated with my colleagues, um, which I clearly struggled with. I found that I was a bit self-conscious about being an American and how that may be perceived. So I was very quiet and shy around them. Um, and as I previously mentioned, I struggled with knowing what some expectations were. And if I had more self-awareness, maybe I would have had more confidence to advocate for myself and let my teachers know what I was more comfortable with. Overall, in shifting my perspective on my teaching experience, I think there are a number of lessons that I've learned and me reflecting on it through this new lens has really made me change the way 
I think I could have approached teaching and honestly what I could have done better. I don't want to come off as being totally ungrateful for the opportunity that I had to participate in Topeef. There were many positive moments that I shared with my colleagues and students during my seven months of teaching. There were many students who were super receptive to me being there and some whose English proficiency levels really blew me away. And while some teachers were not as hands-on as I would have liked, others went to great lengths to support me to make sure that I was getting the most out of my experience. They gave me a lot of tips about managing the classroom and lesson ideas that could have kept students more engaged. And then there were also students who were very receptive to me being there and made me feel more welcome. I do believe that it is important to develop a meaningful cultural exchange, and these programs and similar ELT programs that I had mentioned earlier definitely have the potential to do so, but some might just fall short if assistants like myself lack some sort of self-awareness in understanding why they are teaching English abroad in the first place. In addition, these programs could possibly benefit from framing their initiatives as part of the larger globalization process and make mention of the cultural implications that their existence carries, which could in turn have the potential to change the mindset of prospective teachers, such as myself, when applying to and participating in these programs. So through shifting my narrative as a teaching assistant through the lens of globalization and the cultural implications that ELT programs may carry in their role in spreading English language instruction, I now have a better understanding of how I could have reapproached my experience. And I obviously can't go back in time and redo it, and I don't think I'd want to. It was still a very valuable experience and one I'll never forget. I'll always look back on it with, for the most part, great fondness, but can only hope that me sharing my experience through this perspective could offer future English language teachers some insight and advice with how they may want to consider approaching their experiences. To wrap things up, I'd like to review what I've covered in this podcast. I first described ELT programs and explained how their widespread existence could be attributed to the globalization of English through the establishment of a global standard curricula. I also situated the spread of ELT programs in relation to the concept that language culture and identity all interact with one another to further investigate the perception of native English speakers in classrooms overseas. Finally, I used my own experience as an English teacher abroad as a way to analyze an ELT program through those frameworks. In doing so, I have a new perspective on how I could have approached my experience teaching and hope to have given you some insight to how these phenomena relate to one another. I do understand that these concepts can be quite broad, and for the scope of this podcast, aim to provide adequate input to the subject matter through relating it to my own experience. And with that, I'd like to thank you so much for taking the time to listen and hope you enjoyed.